Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. We are back on the air. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. We invite you to do as I have done on many occasions. That's visit sunburymotors.com. See their entire Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. Select the perfect vehicle. Purchase it online right from your home. Uh, They are a premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks, either at the Quick Lane or what I call the Great Big Truck Shop that's down there. They would just love to super serve you in whatever way you need. If it's a new vehicle, maybe you need a small car or a big truck or a tractor trailer worked on or towed or they even got one of them great big crane type tow trucks that'll take your truck up over the embankment if that's where you happen to put it during a snowstorm or something. Master Towing Service, that's a designation that everybody doesn't get and they've had about a century of experience taking good care of customers and uh, trucks and cars and uh, people. And the Sunbury Motor Company now has the ability for you to buy vehicles online. So go to sunburymotors.com. You can click around and check out Ernie and Austin and Jeff and Jason and see what they got for sale. And they would just uh, love uh, to be uh, serving you, the Sunbury Motor Company. I'm Mark Lawrence, Rob Center producer. John Shipman is with us today. Welcome aboard, sir. Good morning, Mark. Thank you. I appreciate you coming in. John Shipman, of course, uh, a businessman active volunteer, volunteer uh, uh, in the financial and in insurance industry also on boards and that kind of thing? So yeah, also? for years. Okay, move just one inch closer to that mic if you don't mind. Okay. But uh, I always say thank you for your service too, U.S. Army veterans. So yes, thank, thank you. Thank you for uh, doing that. Uh, 18th Street Financial and Midpen Insurance and Lone Oak, uh, among the many uh, businesses that have enjoyed his great expertise. So John Shipman is with us today. But that's not the main focus of our conversation. We're glad to say it is Financial Friday, which means Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, is on the line. And Art Thomas, we know him as uh, really the principal of Mech Tech, is on the line. Uh, They are uh, engineers and just doing a fabulous uh, service around here. Art, too, has got a great resume of helping a lot of folks. We uh, get the senior guide here, and he always gives us a big stack, and they don't last along here, and now he is chair of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. So first, we'll welcome Art. Thank you for uh, calling in today. Art? Good morning, Mark, uh, and good morning all interested listeners of the Greater Susquehanna Valley. And let me just say uh, thank you, too, to Mr. Shipman for your service. Uh, this, is, I believe, is the first time we've ever been in a conversation together. I believe it is. Uh, I, uh, I know Len well. 
Uh, mm-hmm. We were classmates in school. <laughs> yes, I've heard that. I have heard that. They know where the he's body, a good. He's a good guy. They know where the bodies yep. are buried. Is that what I'm hearing here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so. Yeah, and thank you, Art, for calling in. And I'm glad you guys got. To, that's kind of phenomenal that you two haven't had a conversation in the past. You're both really super doers around here. But uh, glad to get you acquainted in this manner. Bob's probably wondering when are you guys going to talk about me? Uh, Bob Garrett, President <laughs> and CEO of the Chamber. Welcome aboard, sir. Hey, Mark, I would never wonder that, just so you, uh, just to be uh, crystal clear. Hey, by the way, by way of introduction, Art, and uh, to John, uh, Art, you are standing on the shoulders of, uh, of a giant. John is one of your predecessors uh, as a chair of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber. Were you chair, John, of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber or Central Susquehanna Valley Chamber actually, back in the day? Actually, I was uh, on the board of the Central uh, Susquehanna Valley Chamber, and uh, when the merger occurred, which you, you referred to in your newsletter here recently, um, mm-hmm. Monica Corbett uh, was the first chair of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. He resigned uh, after one year, and uh, I stepped up. Uh, to I was uh, vice chair, and and uh, I stepped up then, particular um, maybe two thousand three or something like that, and uh, we had. Uh, we had a great uh, a great chamber then. You've got a great chamber now. We we had a six six hundred and some members go, headed to seven hundred and fifty, and I think you're still somewhere around seven hundred and fifty. So, uh, good yeah. job. Okay, right. thanks, uh, thanks, John. And you know, I, I, uh, this is what we're referring to this year as our uh, second century of prosperity. Um, you know, while our core chamber. Uh, the Central Susquehanna Valley Chamber rose out of the, uh, let me see if I get this right, John, the Sunbury Business and Benevolent Association, uh, which was formed in uh, April of, uh, of 1921. We actually, because we're the merged chamber, we actually have several chambers that existed before that uh, organization. Uh, so we're calling ourselves our second century rather than our centennial uh, uh, because, for example, the uh, the group that was in Shemokin actually had been in business for 27 years at that point. But uh, maybe we'll have a reenactment of that uh, fateful day. It was at the uh, at the Elks Club in downtown Sunbury when the uh, uh, when the at that time the state president of the Chamber of Commerce was in town and encouraged. Uh, the creation of what we now know as the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Uh, great history uh, to tell, but uh, really, uh, we're so darn focused on the future and uh, our future prosperity uh, that we'll take a moment and uh, and salute uh, those who come before us. Uh, but we're going to stay focused on the future. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, any chance you've heard what the, uh, yes. what the breaking uh, uh, labor news is this morning? Yes, Associated uh, Press. Didn't have a chance to tell us. Associated Press reporting the unemployment rate stayed level at 6.7%, and uh, the economy shed, lost 140,000 jobs in December. It's the first monthly loss of jobs since the spring and uh, shows uh, sort of the winter doldrums of the economy. So 6.7%, that's unchanged, 140,000 jobs uh, lost. 
lost. And most of those attributed to pandemic shutdowns and most of those hospitality and uh, restaurants. So uh, reaction, we'll start with Bob. We get Art involved in this, and John certainly follows the U.S. economy s- slowly. So we'll let our experts uh, comment, uh, Bob. Yeah, well, uh, I don't think anyone listening needs to uh, needs uh, an expert. They know that uh, that our leisure and hospitality industry is just pummeled uh, by this uh, uh, by this uh, pandemic we're in the midst of. And you know, we have to stay focused on saving lives. We have to stay focused on not overwhelming our healthcare system. We don't know what the the long term effect of COVID is. This is not a disease that anybody wants to uh, monkey around with. Um, uh, we, we continue to believe that if we do just a couple of easy things, wear a mask, keep our social distance, etc. But here we're seeing uh, there's a lot of pain. Uh, and I'm not just talking about those uh, who have the disease or unfortunately have died of the disease. There's a lot of pain going around, particularly in those industries like hospitality and leisure, that are customer facing, where they're right, you know, they're right where the uh, uh, they're one-on-one, right with their customers, et cetera. Um, what are we going to do about it? Uh, you know, we have to make sure that we keep this pandemic as short as possible. Uh, the chamber uh, has been longtime advocate of uh, why I wear it with mask wearing, and I can tell you, we're going to be at the forefront when it comes time. Uh, for us to line up and get our vaccine, uh, vaccinations. We, uh, we believe in science, and we believe that, uh, that uh, uh, for us to come out of this as quickly and uh, in as good a shape as possible, we have to keep this pandemic as short as possible. Whoever believed uh, 10 months ago now that we'd still be talking about this, but here we are. All right, Art, some observations about the d- new jobless numbers? Uh, I believe I'm a little surprised. I think predictions were that we were actually going to gain a few jobs. So whether we were going to gain 20,000 or 40,000 or 5,000 or 100,000, the fact that we've lost 140,000 is a big surprise. Um, Obviously, we know that this time of year we usually have a dip. Uh, Whether the dip is into the negative or lower positive I think varies. I think we had unique circumstances of uh, feeling as though or wanting us wanting to feel as though we were improving the pandemic situation as we entered the fall season, uh, coupled with ramping up seasonal employment. Uh, we saw numbers that, uh, with them being weeks behind, uh, looked positive right through the holiday season. And then uh, I think last month when we talked, Mark, you made the comment you were going to ask me about things again a month later, and here we are a month later, and the numbers are down. So I agree with Bob. We're seeing the pain beyond the disease, uh, the impact of it. Mm-hmm. I believe that locally we still have a shortage of uh, qualified individuals that are needed for our businesses here in the Susquehanna Valley. There's no doubt that the hospitality and leisure have felt the most pain. Uh, I've, I, I've do my best to try and feel their pain, uh, but without being in their situation, I can't feel their pain. I do know that some uh, of the establishments, uh, food industry and beverage industry that are surviving, they're surviving well with their takeout service. I think the community has stepped up and maybe it's their uh, relief funds that they've gotten twice now 
that's enabling them to do this. But uh, granted, the major part of the industry is feeling the pain, but I know some of our go-to establishments are, are getting through with uh, the takeout and delivery services. Uh, so I'm not sure what else I can say at this time, except uh, the numbers are down, and we know locally we're, we have needs for qualified employees, and part of our strategic plan is to assist in our, our, our constituents, our neighbors, in uh, getting the uh, training they need so that they can meet the requirements of the positions that we're looking for here in the Valley. John. Yeah, I'd just like to confirm that. Uh, I've talked to uh, several people who are in the food service industry. Uh, they tell me that although sales are down, profits are up uh, because they don't have to clean the, the building and they don't have quite as many staff. Uh, uh, and so uh, while, the, while the revenue, gross revenue, is down, uh, that the profits have remained stable and uh, they're hoping to, to get the rest of those people back quickly. But, uh, so I think you're right on there. All right, yeah, expenses have changed. you got a lot more things involved in sanitation for your employees, but maybe fewer expenses in some areas. We've, we've enjoyed that here at WDKOK. All right, Bob, other topics you want to make sure that we get to? Stand by for yeah. those. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Bob's going to uh, mention some other very important chamber activities, and we'll continue with our robust discussion here. Uh, Bob Garrett of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce on the line, or Thomas, the I call him the new chair of the chamber and of course our good co-host John Shipman with us here. We'll be right back on Financial Friday here on WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the market. It's Financial Friday at the moment. That means the first 30 minutes of the show are devoted to initially talking about the latest jobless numbers, 6.7% unchanged unemployment rate, 140,000 fewer jobs in the U.S. economy right at the moment. And then we talk about all the other elements that relate to our economy and the chamber. So we'll turn it over to Bob. What else is cooking, Bob? You got, uh, uh, there's really a lot we can talk about if we're talking about uh, our local economy. I just want to dig a little bit deeper deeper into these uh, numbers uh, and then let you and John uh, take it from there. Uh, also talk a little bit about what's going on with the chamber and then, of course, invite everybody to the virtual farm show, uh, which showcases our valley and the entire state's uh, agricultural industry. But uh, the key thing I want to say is, uh, yeah, these, these numbers are not where we wanted them to be. Uh, surprising on both sides. We thought the unemployment rate would go up because more people would be joining the labor force didn't happen. Uh, we actually thought there'd be a slight gain in jobs uh, in December, just the opposite. We lost 140,000. 
here's the uh, the internals, if you will, of those numbers. Uh, those job losses were almost entirely in the leisure and hospitality sector and in the education sectors. Very, very interesting uh, that um, we haven't seen a drop in the education sector, I think, in a, well, in over a decade. Uh, in fact, that, that's one of the sectors you always see gaining uh, because typically education and healthcare are lump, lumped into the same sector. On the other side, there's been gains, uh, gains in retail trade. Uh, not that terribly surprising, given it was December, you know, year-end uh, holiday shopping, et cetera. Um, the professional and business services, so, you know, think the work that John does, think uh, banks, those sort of things. Um, you know, the, uh, the financial services sector, frankly, is doing quite well. In fact, uh, the market probably is going to sizzle a little bit today based on uh, the uh, projections. And then the one that we're most interested in, of course, is the construction uh, sector continues to uh, rise, and that has a direct impact on the greater Susquehanna Valley, not just because of that big bridge uh, across the uh, Susquehanna River, but also uh, because the, the housing industry is really uh, uh, alive uh, nationwide, and that directly affects us because of all of the off-site construction that we have. Uh, here in the greater Susquehanna Valley, if I could just dig in a little bit, and I'd like to have uh, Art comment on this, our counties continue to do quite well. We're holding our own with Montfort County at 4.7% unemployment, so significantly lower uh, than both the state and the federal unemployment rate. Uh, Montfort County continues to compete with nearby Center County for the lowest county rate uh, in the state. Uh, Union County is down to 5%, which is in normal times is considered full employment. Uh, that's down from 5.5%. So uh, good numbers there. Uh, Snyder is down to 5.1%, uh, you know, neck and neck with Union County, uh, down from 5.6% the month before. And Northumberland County is uh, continuing to drop. Uh, Northumberland is in the middle of the pack, the upper, upper middle of the pack. Uh, you know, very different economy uh, from uh, Union, Snyder, and Montour in some ways, but very similar in others. Uh, but it's down to four point uh, or seven point four percent, which is a little bit higher than the other counties. But keep in mind that's half of what it was uh, just six months ago. Uh, so our counties are doing quite well uh, with uh, in that regard. And and then uh, the other thing we'd like to talk about is how those numbers connect. Uh, to our strategic uh, objectives uh, going forward these next two years. So I'll, I'll turn it over to Art and let him comment on those. I would uh, simply add that uh, it continues to show that our four-county coverage area of our chamber uh, continues to seem to be shielded from extreme uh, changes <clears throat> in the economy. And uh, maybe it's because we're blessed with so much health care and university and uh, a prison environment in, in three of our four counties and the fact that uh, Northumberland County cont continues to come down uh, is amazing too and it, it further advances our number one objective of our strategic plan where we need to be focused <laughs> on accelerating workforce development and training our people and retraining where necessary to, to meet the needs of the businesses in our four counties. We're blessed in this particular crisis. Uh, of course, there's been deaths. Uh, there's families that have been 
grossly impacted there's people that have lost their jobs but on the whole the numbers are holding for us here uh, that our economy continues to move forward john anything to add to this uh, uh, yeah art analysis um Art mentioned a little earlier about the lack of of trained uh, employees uh, for our local businesses to hire. I can tell you that that has been a problem in this valley all the way back into the 1990s, even when the rest of the country was booming. Uh, We had employers, and I'm sure Bob can uh, can, uh, corroborate this, that uh, our employers consistently say the biggest problem they have is finding qualified employees. Many times they have to hire somebody and train them for three or four months, and by the time they get them trained, they move on somewhere else. So, um, you know, uh, having a a facility in our area that would uh, focus on uh, job training and so forth, like a local community college, would really, I believe, be a great benefit uh, to the employers in our area. And isn't it amazing that here we just got done talking about the loss of 140,000 jobs nationally and what we've been dealing with for the last 10 months, yet here we are talking about how we need to continue to find qualified employees to meet the needs of employment in our valley. For example, MechTech, do you ha- have difficulty finding the highly skilled individuals that you need to work with that company? Is this an example of, of maybe a worker shortage that we're talking about? As an extension of the blessing I talked about earlier in the Valley, Mark, we are blessed in addition to that in the fact that we are a small company uh, that do not we do not grow much over time. We haven't in the 50 years of our existence. I will say with the onslaught of the $34 million pipeline, I'm sorry, the $150 million pipeline that was 34 miles long, the $850 million power plant and the CSVT, we did add an engineer. We brought an engineer to the valley over the course of the last three years and grew our, our staff by 20%. Uh, you know, we went from four to five. But that was a big deal. It's like going from 400 to 500, right? Uh, we have grown. Uh, I'm not growing at the moment. I'm proud to be surviving the situation. But because we have a need for one engineer every 10 years or every few years, we go to the university, we ask for resumes, we bring in six or seven qualified candidates, and we're able to find one. So I feel fortunate in that scenario. Thank you for that. Uh, Bob, a couple of moments left. Mention the farm show and uh, whatever is yeah. most pressing yeah, on the just, agenda. Uh, uh, hey, the, the cows are staying in the barns at home uh, this year for the farm show, and this typically would be the show that we would uh, uh, share a little time with Secretary Russ Redding. Um, with the events of this week, frankly, uh, I, I, we thought it would be just best to stay focused on the economy uh, today, but I do want to uh, pass along on behalf of the Secretary an invitation for everyone to attend the virtual farm show uh, every day starting tomorrow evening, uh, excuse, uh, strike that, this evening, uh, starting this evening, uh, there will be uh, a different virtual workshops, demonstrations, uh, there's even a bedtime story uh, that will be read every night. Uh, there's a lot going on with the farm show, it's just not out at the corner of McClay and uh, Cameron Street, 
uh, in Harrisburg. Uh, it's right on your screen uh, in your living room or your kitchen or wherever you keep your computer uh, in your home. So please take a moment this week uh, to log in and uh, see what's happening uh, with one of the most exciting uh, sectors uh, in our economy here in Pennsylvania, agriculture. Wanted to mention that uh, we're still putting together our schedule uh, for this year of events and activities with the Chamber, uh, but uh, uh, keep in mind that our first big event will be our annual uh, economic forecast with Dr. Anaban uh, Basu. That will be in March. I don't have a date for you yet, but we'll be announcing that probably in the coming week. That's always a very, very popular event and one that you'll want to be part of. Anything you need to know about the Chamber, gsbcc.org. And the last thing I'll say uh, uh, is about the numbers we heard this morning is these latest uh, employment numbers show that our, our U.S. economy uh, and labor market crawled over the finish line 2020 with a loss of jobs. It was a dismal uh, end to a year that had lots of dismal points, but it wasn't completely surprising. Given the economic uh, activity is facing two major headwinds, uh, surging coronavirus cases and a slowdown in household income growth. With the actual impact of these uh, statistics hard to decipher, for most of us anyhow, I think we're all glad that 2020 is now in the rearview mirror. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate you checking in. Participation rate the same, 61.5% is the participation rate this month over last month. So uh, no change there. And that's a drastically low measure of participation in the first place. So we got to get that up. Thank you so much, Bob and Art. We appreciate you both checking in today. See you next month. All right, that is Art Thomas, the voice you just heard, the new chair of the uh, Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and Bob Garrett, the president and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. We come back with some brief news headlines, then open phones on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Our cross from me, John Shipman. I'm glad to say the most important hat he wears is the one that is friend and acquaintance. And uh, I'm glad to say he's back up as a co-host. Common sense conservatism. He's talked to us in the past about the convention of states. Of course, in our community, we know him uh, for helping out with the Albright Center and uh, helping out with uh, Sunbury Revitalization Incorporated. He's uh, on the board of the group he talked of, the folks that are pushing for the Central Susquehanna Valley Community Education uh, Project, and that's uh, that's just reading the upper right-hand corner of your resume. It's a lot longer than that, but thanks for coming in. My pleasure. A businessman, the occupational uh, title that uh, you carried throughout your life. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com, and uh, you can text us at 700 236. We do have some brief news headlines here. Bucknell University graduate, Air Force veteran, storyteller, newspaper columnist Joe Diblin being remembered today. He died yesterday. But I learned a great deal about life from flying. 
I learned for one thing, you can't fake it. So don't be a faker in life. Don't try and fake flying. <laughs> That's from an interview from 2017. They don't really ask for or expect anything outstanding, but they are they like to be remembered for doing their duty to their country. It's talking about why veterans stick together. I think every veteran has a feeling of fellowship and brotherhood with those who also served and it reminds you of that friendship and being together serving your country against an enemy. You hear that phrase, the greatest generation. Well, look it up. You'll see Joe Diblin's picture right there, 103 years old. You have made his acquaintance, at least briefly, on a number of occasions. Yes, he's a great guy, great guy, and uh, very humble, um, you know, uh, just and very practical. Just a, a great human being. It's a, yeah. big, it's a loss for our valley. All right, uh, Joe Diblin died yesterday, age 103. Uh, you will hear more about uh, this as our day progresses today. From Penn Live, it was a f one of the individuals who died Wednesday at the U.S. Capitol, a 50-year-old from Schuylkill County, Benjamin Phillips of Ringtown, died of an apparent medical emergency. Pro-Trump supporters say his friends and family and was part of the uh, crowd that was gathered at the Capitol, not in one of the individuals that went into the Capitol. Penn Pennsylvania's Democratic U.S. Senator Bob Casey joining with calls for President Donald Trump's immediate removal from office. In a statement Thursday, Senator Casey joined others calling for the president's removal uh, using the 25th Amendment. Some other headlines briefly here. Some members of the Pennsylvania Army National Guard heading to Washington, D.C. They say they'll stay there until January 20th to help back up security forces uh, prior to, during, and after the inauguration. One Republican state senator under fire somewhat, you could say, uh, for being at the Capitol, State Senator Doug Mastriano uh, saying he expected Wednesday uh, to be like any other protester supporting President Donald Trump, says when things got violent, he headed uh, back to the buses that he had helped organize uh, to head to that event. And even President Donald Trump, much different tone last evening in remarks to the nation. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. He issued that video on Twitter. His account on Twitter currently is activated. His Facebook account uh, deactivated until after the inauguration. Your reflections, boy, you must have been uh, seething when you watched this on Wednesday. Uh, I have been uh, really distressed uh, over this whole year. Uh, I've talked about it before. Uh, we as Americans have gotten to the point where we hate each other. Uh, we scream at each other. Um, there is no civility. Uh, our leaders have to stop this uh, because uh, when our leaders get all fired up and say nasty things and horrible, call each other horrible names. The people that support those people pick up on that, whether it's to the left or the right, and they imitate that. And, and uh, we have a, a situation in Washington, D.C., where, where they, they can't be civil to each other. They, they, you know, uh, 
I for years uh, I was on the, the the boards of two different agents associations. We went to Washington D.C. to lobby, and uh, uh, we would talk to the congressmen and senators in their offices and so forth. We would go out for dinner in the evening, and we'd see two or three senators sitting together at a restaurant having a meal, and they would be maybe a couple of Democrats and a couple of Republicans. And uh, so, uh, uh, when they weren't on the floor debating things, they were friends. That's gone out the window, probably ten or. 15 years ago. And uh, so we cannot be civil to each other. And if we can't be civil to each other, what we do is we fight with each other and the fight eventually turns violent. It has this whole year. Uh, We've had violence in our cities all summer long. We, uh, what happened uh, at the Capitol is just unconscionable. Uh, This is, uh, it, it, it just, uh, pains me that we have gotten to this point where, where, uh, where we're, we're actually fighting with each other physically and and uh, needs to stop and it needs to stop at the top it needs to stop start with the leaders of congress it needs to stop with 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 the politicians and they need to stop all this nonsense because if they if they persist it will turn violent physically violent and we will be in a situation where we can't you know sometimes you reach a tipping point where you can't go back and i'm fearful of this and i've expressed this on this show a couple times that we're way we're way out of bounds in our political rhetoric need to stop this stuff well one of our good listeners sent us a note (laughs) yesterday asked that we not read it on the air so we didn't but he says look there's a sequence that leads to anarchy and chaos and civil war and it's about a 10-step program and we're on step five this is step five yep you know so when ever any group whether it's black lives matters or antifa or pro-trump supporters any group feels so unheard that they resort to violence that's step five any group does this and when you saw pro-Trump supporters <laughs> inside Nancy Pelosi's office, that completed that round. I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, we're at the point where, uh, and and the ex- people on the left and people on the right feel that they're not being heard. Uh, uh, I mean, that's a we're we're close to the tipping point. Jordy, thank you so much for waiting while we kind of set the scene a little bit. You're our first caller of the day. we got another caller coming in, got a couple of emails. Uh, Jordy, please go right ahead. You're on the mark. Sure. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I don't know if I've been on with John, so it's nice to hear a a new voice. And um, I just want to give a shout-out to Bob Garrett. Um, In different community things I do, I know he's he's always a really – he's a great bridge builder and and trying to find common, common ground. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to say on Wednesday, I was with my family, um, and we turned on the TV, and for me, it brought up some other moments in, in my life, most especially uh, the feeling of nine, uh, on 9-11, you know, of just watching an attack on, on our country and our, and our people unfold in real time, the difference being that, you know, 9-11 was an attack from foreign terrorists, and this was an attack from, you know, domestic uh Insurgents and and you know seditious uh, seditious tra- traitors. I'm going to say it was an attack on the majority of American people who voted through a completely fair uh, election process to remove Donald Trump and uh, and Donald Trump and you know his supporters have been mounting a completely a completely lie based attack. The kind of thing that we would only see in a kind of Nazi Germany or fascist Italy or uh, the worst of China of just gaslighting all of our people that there was fraud here and there never was any fraud and it's particularly painful on the same day that georgia 
elected the first Jewish and the first African-American senator from the South. I'm originally from the South uh, myself, and so, you know, it's a little bit of pride there that that what was the seat of the Confederacy, uh, you know, is changing so much. Um, and you can really see, you know, John was saying about our country is divided. Um, I see it very differently. Um, it is divided, and the part that is, you know, where I align myself, what did we do in the face of uh, what Trump has been doing to destroy America and silence the voices of, of uh, black and brown people and people he disagrees with. He's been stirring up his brown shirts to attack our, our, our sources of government. What did we do? We went to Georgia and we won the election, and that's what you do. And if conservatives don't like the outcome of the election, that's what you do. But instead what we saw yesterday was late-stage birtherism. It goes all the way, and Trump was a key person in that. It's the idea, and there's no accident, we saw Confederate flags and almost all white people uh, storming the Capitol and deciding and talking about the Second American Revolution. Like, I listened to some of their quotes. They believe that this is their country, and what's been happening through our political process is un-American. And until we can talk about that truth, John, this is not about leaders, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm horrified, honestly, I'm horrified that I heard both of you just equate Black Lives Matter with what happened yesterday. Uh, and I see this all the time. And this also comes from Trump and the right-wing noise machine. There is no moral equivalency between those two things. There were no national political leaders who encouraged rioting or looting or attacking police stations. I looked up yesterday. The person who started the fire in Minneapolis was a white, disgruntled security guard who started the fire in the Minneapolis precinct. But that gets washed away because everybody wants this idea that uh, that the two things are equivalent. There's two main differences, right? One is who is leading and inciting this? And in this case, we have the President of the United States clearly inciting people to storm the Capitol based on an unjust cause, right? So right one well, is who's leading it, and the other is the justness of the cause. Jordan. There is police disparities, and let me finish, there is police disparities in how people are treated in America, and there was no election fraud. The election was not stolen. And we cannot have healing and unity until we have truth. And to get to truth, we need people like all of the Republican leaders and any conservatives to acknowledge the truth. There cannot be healing without truth. All right, John, any reaction you want to offer to that? Well, I, I respect your, your opinion, but I totally disagree with it. Um, I think that uh, uh, there's fault on both sides. Uh, I think that uh, to excuse violence on one side is just as bad as to excuse violence on the other side. Violence is never, ever the proper way to express your discontent. And I don't care if you're Black Lives Matter or Antifa or Proud Boys or who you are. Violence is never acceptable. John, Black Lives Matter. No, not hold on, hold on, Jordy. Let's let, let John talk. Go ahead, John. Uh, violence is never acceptable, uh, no matter who does it. Uh, we need to, to get back to some civility. We need to be able to talk to each other and not talk at each other. And uh, uh, until we can get to that point, uh, the, the situation isn't going to improve. And fraud in the election? Well, there's certainly some irregularities in this election uh, that make people question. Why did five or six states stop counting ballots at 10 or 10.30 at night? Never happened before in my lifetime. I've been following elections since 1956. Never happened before. So why do we do that? Uh, 
why did we throw away the cover the cover envelopes uh, in some districts uh, after the after the votes were were I mean, in some counties of Pennsylvania, some in Pennsylvania, some in Georgia. Uh, keep in mind that you had a ballot that went in an, an envelope, and that envelope went in an outside envelope, and on the outside envelope you had to write your you had to sign your name and your and date it. Mm-hmm. Okay, in a number of counties, when those ballots were opened. And the, they were supposedly recorded. Those envelopes were thrown out, so we can't audit the process. So there's enough. I'm, I'm not saying that there was fraud. I'm saying that there was potential for fraud, and we can't find out because you can't go back and audit because the envelopes were thrown out. All right, and Jordy, now we get a response from you, and then we have to get on sure. to take a break and get another caller. But go right ahead, Jordy. Sure. Thank you. So, John, uh, you know, um, I I would like to respect your opinion. I certainly respect you as a person, and I would like to be civil, but I don't respect your opinion on this because you're equating uh, this froth of irregularities with the idea that the votes didn't count, and that is the big lie that continues to be perpetuated. All of these votes counted, and um, every single court uh, just about the United States, except for maybe one, found no evidence of, of, of irregularities that would have made a difference. Um, uh, even if there are some of these irregularities, it's not in any way enough to derail the process of the transfer uh, of the peaceful transfer of power, which has been a hallmark of American democracy. Um, last thing is, you know, um, I think a lot of foreign leaders and, and leaders of foreign businesses, they don't want to come to our capital, right? I mean, we have, we have taken such a step back as a national leader because we just showed that our own capital is not secure for anyone who goes there. All right. Thank you so much, Jordy. Really appreciate the call. Great remarks. Uh, we always appreciate you. And we'll have to have you as a regular guest around here, too, uh, as soon as we can do that again. Thank you, Jordy. Do appreciate that, uh, Jordy from uh, Lewisburg, active in the uh, Democratic Party, making sure that uh, candidates get voice when that time comes. Uh, active activist, borough council member up there, member of the police commission that's doing that tenuous negotiation with East Buffalo Township in Lewisburg. All right, to be continued, uh, we got one caller standing by, one, two, three, four messages awaiting, no five if you count the ones that were mailed overnight, one 800 795 65 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Al, this is probably a record wait for you. We appreciate you standing by while we had a great conversation. Uh, We're back with open phones. You're on the mark. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I graded the last conversation, uh, but that's not why I called. I'll give you that after I called. The reason I called was uh, every morning 
during the week, um, there's a bus driver that was an ex-contractor. There's a, um, now the bus driver, yeah, he was an ex-contractor. And there's another contractor now that was an ex-state employee. And then there's a, a bank employee, which was a sheet metal man. And then there's me. And we got two Bidens and two Trumps. And we laugh and we carry on and we even talk politics. So it's still alive out there. And we, what, what, the other thing we all have in common is we're Christians and we love each other through all this. Uh, and that's what's going to get us through. But the last conversation with Jordy, and I can't believe you might want him on your show, but that's your, your business. Uh, <laughs> because the, as far as respect goes, John got an A because he respected Jordy's opinion even though he didn't agree with it. But when John got done with his opinion, Jordy made it a point to say that he did not respect John's opinion, so he got an F. And what's that's your, all I have to say. Now, oh, I, right. you know, if you have any questions for me, that's fine, or I can hang up. <laughs> no, that's fine. You can hang up. That is fine. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I think uh, listening and respect is funny. I, I was going to put it, uh, I have it in my head, and I didn't put it in John's uh, intro, but I was thinking it. I said, John is a common sense conservative, I always call him when he's on here, but spends 20 times more, more time listening than he ever does talking about his opinions. In fact, the only way to really get him uninterrupted for 90 minutes like we do, is to invite them up to the microphone. Otherwise, you, you know, you'd have to be at the coffee clutches. Do, do you have a group of people that you talk politics in a circle and there's liberals there? Yeah, we used to do that. Uh, unfortunately, we used to meet at a restaurant, and uh, we haven't ha- we haven't met since uh, since uh, I, I guess probably f- for a year. So uh, uh, once the COVID came, but yeah, we we used to have a group uh, that we would get together and and. Uh, uh, Every other Saturday morning for about an hour and a half, and and uh, have coffee and and the breakfast and uh, talk about politics and talk about uh, sports and talk about anything you want to talk about. And uh, just like uh, you know, just like uh, uh, Al, uh, uh, we don't always agree, but we're always friends, and uh, uh, we uh, never went away mad. And uh, that's that's enlightening because you know something, everybody has some valid opinions and we need to we need to listen uh and and listen to what people have to say uh and and try to evaluate it without applying our own prejudices i have prejudices i'm a conservative i uh, i have real concerns about what's going on in the country i have real concerns about uh uh what the the new agenda is going to look like um it looks to me like we're going to be pretty well a socialist agenda uh uh, socialism has never worked anywhere. Come uh, on, John. So you know you don't believe that, really. I, I'm oh, con- come on. I, no, I didn't say that. No, you don't read something. In, I said I'm concerned okay. about the direction. I said I, I don't know what the direction is going to be. You know, if if I listen to the campaign rhetoric, uh, there's some reason for concern. Concern. Hopefully, uh, those who ran. Uh, on the extreme will govern from the middle and that's my hope and my prayer that we that we'll get back to governing from the middle but 
Um, I don't know. We'll, time will tell. Well, I think this is, uh, we've probably never had a greatest opportunity in our country to uh, make sure that uh, we, we do that and listen to both sides. And the president, uh, president-elect Biden's remarks up to now have been fabulous. I really think he's, he's talking the right talk, and I hope he's really doing that in his walk. So one of our listeners sends us a text as it related to balloting, says, good morning. It is a law that states must keep their envelopes from those ballots. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, that is true in Pennsylvania, but it is not true in other states. Well, and the other thing is, you know, when the U.S. had a presidential election uh, last November, we didn't have an election. We had 50 completely different, separate, unusual elections. And in Pennsylvania, we didn't have an election in Pennsylvania. We had 67 completely separate, unusual, completely disparate elections and no two counties the same. Some are curing ballots that they uh, canvassed early, others are not. And, you know, it would seem to be, if you go to Geisinger, you know, they do they do what now is best practices. You know, you, you won't get one doctor that stitches a certain way on your aorta and another one who does it different, they found out which one works best, and now they do the only that one. We've got to be able to do that in the U.S., come up with best practices. So uh, another listener says, wow, Jordy once again spreading lies, yet he claims to be a purveyor of truth. Yay, Jordy. Uh, no Trump, bad Democrats, pure wind-driven. Oh, Democrats are as pure as wind-driven snow. Yeah, I think Jordy's uh, pretty realistic about uh, everybody that's involved. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, one of our good listeners uh, said, oh, no, this is from Jordy himself, says, I told John. I told John I respect him as a person, and I, too, seek civility. I think that matters, uh, that matters more than respecting one of his opinions. And another listener says, a politician should know if you refuse to investigate allegations, you add to the feeling of uh, the validity of allegations, uh, says Mike. Paul, thanks for waiting. You'll be the last caller before another quickie break here on the mark. Hello? Yes, go right ahead, sir. You're on the radio. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in this discussion about the security down at um, Washington, D.C., everything now is all it's Trump's fault. Uh, on the, I'm talking about in general on the media. Now, uh, I don't have cable television. All I have is, uh, is um, just regular over-the-air uh, antenna television. So I watched ABC, NBC, and CBS on Wednesday when the riot took place at the Capitol. One of those stations put on there a letter that they had apparently must have been given to them by one of the federal agencies that was sent out by the mayor. Has this been brought up uh, on your on your program? The mayor told these federal agencies not to send troops on the street and so forth that they were dealing with the Capitol Police and the Metropolitan Police and the Capitol Police had everything under control and they didn't need the further uh, help from these other government agencies. This is what the problem was down there. There was not adequate security to man those barricades at the, the Capitol and that goes back to the decision the mayor and her commander or whatever he's called of the Metropolitan Police force they did not have for the crowd that was there they did not have adequate security pr- to protect the capital this does not fall on the president's uh, uh, at the president's feet this was the planning of the mayor and the head of the 
uh, Metropolitan Police. They, nobody should have ever went over those barricades and so forth. That was all wrong. Those people should be prosecuted. But there was not adequate police protection of the Capitol on that day. And uh, in the future, the federal government should not go by what the, um, the, what the mayor says. They should bring in people and National Guard and whatever for any time there's large, large crowds there. There has to be a different uh, attitude about protecting the federal buildings. That's, that's what I think about that. Well, there's a large crowd there about every other week, so I think that's going to get expensive, and the groups don't pay for that. So, yeah, no, I think the uh, the uh, the instigator, inciter, and influencer-in-chief deserves uh, primary responsibility here. Ted Cruz and uh, Josh Hawley and Fred Keller and Dan Muser also, also deserve some of the blame for this. I think security was inadequate. There's no doubt about that. And so that was a huge missed opportunity when it comes to logistics and security. But I don't blame security for what happened, and neither do you. I certainly heard that opinion. John, reaction to what uh, he said, and then we'll put Paul back on the air. Keep in mind that every one of us is responsible for our own actions. No one can say, well, Donald Trump made me do it, or Joe Biden made me do it. Every one of us is responsible for our own actions, okay? So, uh, yes, is there fiery rhetoric? Listen, there's been fiery rhetoric since since Donald Trump was elected in in 2016, okay? The fiery rhetoric on, on both sides. But that does not give me the permission to, to be violent toward my fellow Americans. We, we have to understand that we are all responsible for our own behavior, and we can't say it's somebody else's fault. If I riot, I'm responsible. I made the decision to riot. If I bought, riot, if I bought protective gear so that I could go to a riot and not get hurt, I went there with the intention of rioting. It's my fault. I can't blame anybody else. All right. Uh, Paul, we'll give you... Oops, uh, hold on one second. Paul, we'll give you the last word. Go right ahead. I don't believe it's Ted Cruz's fault and uh, Josh Hawley and the president and so forth. The people that came in response to them, they were there to meet peacefully and patriotically to stand in support of the objections that were going to be made in there. Those people were surprised when they got down to the Capitol after hearing the speeches and walked down there. They were shocked. And... Uh, that, that, and uh, many of them tried to restrain people that uh, were instigators, throwing things at the police and so forth. Uh, I've, I've already heard reports about these things, people that were actually there and so forth. And the media needs to talk to the people that were, were there were hundreds of thousands there that came from all over the country. And uh, uh, I, I agree with uh, uh, your guest uh, host there. It's with with you that the people that rioted, they held responsible. Find them. They've got their pictures. They took selfies. Do all that. Punish those people. Find out who they were, who they're uh, affiliated with, and so forth. The people that were there to hear the speeches and to show support, this was not... They, they were shocked at what was going on at the Capitol. Right. You know, when I saw Thank the you. pictures of people breaking security windows and, and, and things like that, I mean, you could tell it was safety glass and so forth. I mean, this, I, I, I can't imagine it. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, this, is not, this is not what uh, uh, the, the people that I've associated with, and I've been out at rallies and things like that, I never, never saw anything like this. And, All right. uh, Thank you.
Yeah, I okay. appreciate it, Paul. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate that. All right, we're going to have open. We have open phones. We got one caller waiting, another one checking in, one email pending on topic, and uh, we're going to read the emails. We also have President Trump's remarks from last night on Twitter. We'll play that back on the radio, and we would love you to call in and comment about that. Uh, we'll be right back. We're just elaborating here on the breakfast that we would go to where you'd get people from both sides of the aisle enjoying time together. Yeah. And so uh, the uh, Republicans always tried to buy lunch because they thought they had more money. They said, well, we're more successful in business. So I thought, okay, well, for whatever reason, that's fine with me. I, I know how to be a good guest. No argument there. One of our good listeners says uh, overnight, I'm not writing this as a Democrat, but as an American abroad. Somewhere out there right now, young American men and women are standing in front of a U.S. consulate, embassy, or army base to guard it. The weakness we displayed Wednesday makes their job harder and more dangerous. This stunt makes the job of all national security professionals harder. If we don't have the capacity to keep the U.S. Capitol free from rioters, then we surely can't expel a forceful threat from abroad. My Turkish girlfriend said a lot of her friends told her jokingly, the U.S. is the new Middle East. How humiliating. Trump needs to be removed from office right now so that Mike Pence can faithfully act as the commander-in-chief for the last two weeks. A lot of damage can happen in two weeks, says uh, Taylor. Another listener says, so we can blame President Trump for what happened the other day, but we just disregard Maxine Waters when she incited Black Lives Matters to destroy cities and businesses. Uh, we are becoming a third-world country, soon out-of-the-world power picture, which falls right into Bible prophecy, incidentally, says one of our good listeners. So we appreciate that. Here's President Trump's remarks from Twitter last night. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now, tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. 
Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your President has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. All right, well, if he keeps it to that kind of remarks, uh, Twitter will keep him on for the other 13 days while he's in. Uh, Dale, you've been waiting a long time. Thanks for your patience. Go right ahead, you're on the mark. I, I just feel bad for, you know, people who voted for, because I mean, that guy right there, put him in your face for four years, you will be dumbed down. Now you got another guy named Biden who's going to dumb you down for another four years. Basically, Trump and Biden has been representing the NSA and the CIA because the mainstream media, that's their number one resource of information if everybody does their homework. So basically, it's, if you keep on watching tell you a vision, they're going to tell you a vision. Everybody's going to have the same vision. They're going to tell <laughs> you funny. that government will provide and God won't. So they're going to take your ability to go out and do your God's bid. They're going to take that away from you. So what's going to happen is the shapeshifters shape are going to be exposed and the snake's head's going to get cut off. That's the truth. I mean, if you look at it, blame Democrats, blame Republicans, blame it, blame, blame. Everybody's, you know, scrambled, but they don't realize it's the, the lawyers, the bar association. They're going to keep getting their subsidized check no matter what. So, I was wondering I mean, how I you're going to get the bar association in there. Yeah, I mean it's common sense. It's the, it's the CIA and NSA. Period. I mean nobody gets nothing personal, but I mean you keep putting dumb people on tell you a vision for four years, eight years, you're going to be dumbed down pretty good. All right. And look where we're, we're all dependent on government now. That is pitiful. That's disgusting. Some somebody with some intelligence need to wake smack these people in the face. You know? All right. I'm sick of it. Thank you, Dale. Really appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in. Uh, Dale, or check that. Than, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, you didn't call me Dale. But uh, I wanted to call in and uh, kind of stand up for the mayor of uh, Atlanta. Uh, She was, uh, or I mean the mayor of Washington, D.C. She, it's against the law for her to do anything with her cops on federal uh, property, unless they are formally invited in, and they weren't. Right. There's a, there's a thousand missed opportunities, and the critique on this will hopefully lead to making sure that this kind of thing uh, can't happen again. Plus, the fact that any mob of any sort, of any ilk, can be in front of the Capitol and, and smash their way in, well, that's not necessary in this day and age. You know, we certainly can uh, prevent that. But the U.S. Park Police, the uh, National Guard, the mayor, the uh, cap, the Metropolitan City Police, and the, uh, what do they call the police that are in the Capitol themselves? 
House, Capitol, Capitol Police. Police. Okay, thank you. Um, they, you know, they all need to sit down together and do a, a great big, uh, you know, critique or whatever they call it, debriefing or review of what happened and make sure that, you know, because every single thing that went wrong that day was preventable. Lots of people were talking about this. Like the CIA knew that they were uh, going to have, uh, uh, you know, the violent groups said they were going to come there and be violent. So a lot of this is reviewable, Sam. Well, yeah, but uh, I just wanted to say that one of the things they should review is why the Capitol Police, they did about three things right away. I was sitting here with a couple of people watching uh, masks on, social distancing, and we kept saying, wait a minute, why are the police opening the doors for them? Why are the police not tear gassing them why are the police leading them down the halls well those were the capital police why didn't they react the way they should and the national guard and the um, uh, municipal police were not allowed to come in until invited now than um, let's yeah, let, yeah. let's just a minute there was tear gas used there there were there were the the uh, uh little bomb bursts stuff that that were used uh you know you're not giving really a, an accurate picture of what happened all of those defensive uh measures were used by the police um well, yeah, later on i agree when after people sat in the senate seat yeah then they tear gassed them i'm talking about the the capitol police who basically were saying you know, if you were black, we'd shoot you. But since you're white, come on in. Come on, Than. <laughs> come on, Than. You're just a, 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 an inciter of, of violence by, by words like that. Violence is not ever permissible, whether you're black or white or brown or green or blue. It's never permissible. Violence is always wrong, and there's never a justification for it. And so, you know, let's 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 level the field. Let's let's be fair to both sides there were some people that went there just to be there there were some people that went there to cause trouble just like black lives matter there are some people that went there to peacefully demonstrate there were some people who went there to make trouble the troublemakers are should should never be tolerated no matter who they are or where they are and uh, i agree okay. i agree that's the reason we want to get rid of trump now because he's a troublemaker and we <laughs> saw him do it well, that, I, I respect your opinion. Uh, he, he is a brash. He is rash. Uh, he, he speaks sometimes before he thinks, and I agree with all that. I want to tell you something, Stan. I've been following presidential elections since 1954, and Donald Trump's the first president ever did what he said he was going to do. Oh, I, I love that. Don't tell me you fell for the fact he did what he was going to do. For instance, build the wall, make Mexico pay for it, right? Yep. That's number one. Let's get rid of Obamacare. What other things did he do? Tell me about things that he did that you can prove that he actually did. He removed hundreds of of worthless or or, or bad regulations that that held our economy back. Uh, after those re regulations were removed, the economy took off uh, like a shot. Uh, we've had the best economy the last three years, 
2020 oh, is an exception? Oh, no, no, no. No, go back and look at the economy. It was going up until Trump came in. It, was it started leveling at that point. No, he was not adding to it. Now, he might not have been subtracting from it, Dan, but he didn't add to look it. Look at the numbers. It, the, the economy, listen, I, this is my field. The economy was crawling along. It was improving under Obama, but it was crawling along until Donald Trump came in and the economy took off. Jobs were recreated. recreated. Unemployment was the lowest in modern history. Black unemployment women's unemployment, minority unemployment was at all-time record lows. Okay? That's right. That's right. And, uh, John, I, by the way, John, I do respect you. I respect your opinion, even though you're entirely wrong. <laughs> but I respect you. Well, you should appreciate it. You know, that. we ought to have coffee sometime, Dan. We could, we could talk. You know, I, I think that the numbers don't lie, okay? If you look at the economy, you look at the... Well, you're telling me you're you're telling me I can't read the numbers, and I've actually <laughs> seen more elections than you have. Well, I know. You're, I should respect my elders. I'm not an economist, however. Uh, well, and I think the other thing we can appreciate about President Trump is he was a peaceful president in terms of, I mean, until Wednesday, but in terms of overseas warfare and using our soldiers, he was peaceful. Plus, he brought home soldiers that were in disparate parts of the U.S. where we do not belong. So we'll add those to his accomplishments. Since I know you're on the spot, it's hard to think of all 13 of his accomplishments, even though he has 96 (laughs) faults. Thank you so much, Than. Hey, good talking to you, Than. Hey, great talking with you, John and Mark. Have a good weekend and Happy New Year. All right, and I think you too. This fall, we're going to have a get-together with all of these good people that we, <laughs> we want to talk to in person, but we can't see. All right, we got callers, texts, and emails awaiting. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one of you Here's the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. One of our listeners signed an email, or, or Robo, that will read that Monday. It mentions Joe, so we'll let uh, Joe take care of that. Uh, Van has been waiting patiently. Good morning, sir. You get uh, two minutes. You're on the mark. Morning. I can't put an exact date on it, but the American mainstream news media has effectively divided America, not just with you know political ideology, but they've divided them to the point now where there's so much hatred between both sides. And we hear a lot of that air on your program as well as on, we can watch it on TV, social media especially. But it's time for America to unify. And as much as I don't like what's taking place, and I do truly believe that there has been election fraud, you know, the, the Dominion software, the 
people with the mail-in balloting and how that was manipulated and so on. But there has to be some calming down of the, the rhetoric from both sides. And we still see it coming so massively from the left. I, I do appreciate what Donald Trump did. He came out, the president remarked that he was not for what happened, that the people that did the stuff that was, was uh, took place down in D.C. should pay for what they did. But yet after all that, you have Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and, and even some of the rhino Republicans coming out now calling for the impeachment of the president which we only have a few days left in his presidency. But that is how, and I'll use the term, the Trump derangement syndrome. That's how strong it is. That's how embedded with hatred the left is, that they just want to remove this guy. He's going to be out in just a few days. So to me, it, it just shows how, how really entrenched America is in this great divide in political ideology and just the hatred from both sides. It's pretty sad. And I don't know what's going to happen with this country, but I don't think it's going to be good. And I do agree with the one email you read. I do believe this is in line with, with biblical end-time theology. All right, got to go. we got another caller. Thank you so much, Van. Really appreciate the call. Uh, Van, uh, Dennis, you get one minute. Go right ahead. Okay. Well, mine picks up right where Van was talking about. I'm on the same vein. What is different about this eliminating your opposition immediately? than it was when the socialist communists took over the Eastern Bloc countries. The first thing they did, eliminate, get in there and eliminate. How, you, you're not going to eliminate the memory of Trump. You're not going to eliminate, you know, any of that. So, you know, that's where I wanted to say thanks. All right. Yeah, thank you so much, Dennis. Appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your update on the Convention of States and the Community College and the Albright Center. Always a pleasure. How many times have I told you, come up here and be ready to give me that, and then we didn't get to it? Well, sometime we will. Every time. Okay. <laughs> Next time we'll do it at the beginning. How about All right. that? Sounds right. good. Appreciate that. John Shipman, my good friend and uh, businessman active with the Albright Center and the Community College. This is WKOK Sunbury.